Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 58 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody listening is well and everybody is safe, in particular during this time of the global pandemic that we are all going through now at the time of recording. We'll be hearing very shortly from Thomas and Laura as we will be talking about the latest adventure games that we've been playing. But first... I want to talk a little bit about the news in the adventure games industry the last two weeks or so. And we start with some very sad news, unfortunately. Revolution Software a few days ago announced that Jay Benedict, the voice of Andre Lobino in Broken Sword 3, has sadly passed away after his battle with COVID-19. So very, very sad loss. He's also appeared in many hugely successful films, but Venture Game fans will know him as Andre Lobino in Broken Sword 3. So, huge loss, very, very sad. And our thoughts are with his family at this time. And also to everybody else out there, just stay safe and stay home as much as possible at this time. And hopefully we can get through this COVID-19 pandemic as well. Now, also, uh, other game, Adventure Game developers announced that their games have been pushed back. So, for example, The Hand of Glory will now be released in May instead of April, and other games will be pushed back as well. Again, hugely understandable. This has effect, this is affecting us all. So, the main thing is that everyone, including Adventure Game developers, are safe and that they take their time to release to work on the game and make the games as best as possible. And again, I keep saying this, but to stay safe. So uh, if they have to wait a few weeks or months, then that is totally okay. But there is some good news as well. There's quite a few games in development that are looking really, really good. And we start with a Kickstarter for a game called Game Deck. Now, Game Deck is a single-player, non-combat, cyberpunk, isometric RPG. In this game, you play as a private detective who solves crimes inside virtual worlds. I'm a game deck. I solve crimes in virtual worlds. Like a murder over a game clan dispute. Or child slavery in a free-to-play game. A lot has changed in this world but not the human nature. Greed leads to crime. Crime leads to conspiracy. And conspiracies are what the corporations thrive on. They think they can control me, calculate my choices. They can't. The choice is mine. Now, this game is on Kickstarter. Its goal was over 46,000 euros. 
it has already made 102,000 euros after two weeks at the time of recording, and there's still just over two weeks left to go, so you can still pledge if you want and help the game meet its stretch goal, so it's doing hugely well. <laughs> so you can still check that game out, you can check its Kickstarter page. And there will be another Kickstarter game which we'll be talking about a little bit later, uh, myself, Laura and Thomas, which we all backed as well. Next, there is another game which is called The Night is Grey. Now, this was revealed to me on Discord by members of the Discord community. This is a revivalist take on trauma. It's the first game developed by Whale Stork. And it brings to life a cinematic thriller that goes back to the roots through hand-drawn animated characters and fully animated backgrounds with an original soundtrack recorded in studio with real instruments. The game will be launched in 2021 for PC and Mac through Steam and later for Nintendo Switch. They have released a teaser which looks great. And I'm looking forward to this coming out. So you can check this at whalestork.com. And by the way, all the links will be on the show notes. Elsewhere, there is another game called The Signifier, which is coming soon as well. And here is a trailer. In all my professional life, I never thought I'd get to see all this. In fact, my colleagues and I didn't think there would ever be an actual bridge. Who would have thought that a concept such as the unconscious could ever be seen so clearly through the lens of neuroscience? You wouldn't believe how fascinating this is. It could be a turning point for all humanity. A top executive from one of the world's biggest tech companies, GoAT, was found dead in her apartment this morning. While the police say that everything indicates suicide, they are not ruling out other options until an investigation is made. This is a very high-profile death that has shaken the technology So the Signifier is a story-driven tech-noir mystery adventure. In this game, you explore the real world and enter the unconscious realms of the victim's mind. You use technology to find clues to solve puzzles, unravel layers of dialogue, and find the truth. This game is being developed by PlayMe Studio and has been published by Raw Fury, who also published, amongst other games, Whispers of Machine. And this game is coming soon. Next, we have a game called La Mana de Lou Island Mystery. So that's L-O-O-E, Island Mystery. In this game, you journey to La Mana through the historic found footage of William H. Boston. So you explore the cursed island of Cornwall's coast and retrace the steps of a young man who disappeared in 1924. And the interesting thing about this game is you play through surviving footage to discover a dark mystery involving treasure, exploration, and sea monsters. This is being developed and published by Jonathan Bokes of Darkling Room, who of course is most well known for Darkfall and the Last Crown series. And this game is also coming soon, though no date has been set yet, but uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know more about it. Next we have a comeback from Tony Tough. So there's a new game being developed called Tony Tough and the Army of Dorkiness. 
There were already two Tony Tough games which were released a few years ago. And this is an ambitious project that seeks a new way to tell the story of Tony Tough's adventures. Uh, what the developers are looking to do is to create a direct connection between authors and fans. So they have more information about this on their website. Uh, what they want to do is produce a multimedia adventure looking at the present without nostalgic retro gaming operations. They want to try to answer this question. How can we play an adventure in 2020? So they need people to support them. And it's a brand new story that links directly to the Roasted Mutts finale, which was the previous Tony Tough game. So what happened to Tony Tough? And will he have found a solution for his excess sweating? So this is a comedy game. And we can find out more later on. And I'll include link, a link to the game on the uh, show notes as well. And a game that has been released is In Other Waters. So in this game, you play as an artificial intelligence and you guide a stranded xenobiologist through a beautiful and mysterious alien ocean. This is a non-violent sci-fi story as you enter a world of wonder, fear and vulnerability. As you unravel the history and ecology of an impossible planet. And what will you discover together? So... This game is out on Steam and I believe on GOG as well. And you can find out more as well on their official website. So I saw this game, Adventure X. It looks really, really good. looks really interesting. So uh, looking forward to finding out more about this game. And finally, some pretty big news. Blade Runner Enhanced Edition is coming to PC, Switch, PS4 and Xbox in late 2020. Now, uh, myself, Thomas and Laura already spoke about Blade Runner because it was re-released on GOG earlier this year. And that was the current, the old version, which itself is great news. But this is going to be enhanced and it will feature updated character models and animations, upscaled cutscenes, widescreen resolution support and keyboard and controller customization. Now, the developers, uh, Night Dive, they did not really screen screenshots or videos, but what they said is that they want to uh, make the game look and feel as glorious as you remember it being. So there is no set release date yet, but as always, we will let you know when we hear more about it. So that is it for the news for this week. So... Now, I will be hearing from Thomas and Laura. I am joined this week by two really talented professionals. <laughs> well, we'll see, hopefully. What happened to them? <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't they join me this week. They couldn't join me this week. But uh, thankfully, Thomas and Laura are joining me. So I am joined by Thomas Bex from The Gaming Outsider and Laura Crest from Adventure Gamers. So hello, guys. How are you both doing? Hello. Oh, still alive and kicking. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks used to go by so quickly, and now it just seems like every day feels like a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but we're we're all still in self-isolation. Looks like we'll be here in a while. Unless if you're listening to this years in advance, that means that, A, hopefully things will now be better or we're in our underground bunkers. So, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the first one. But um, 
Anyway, we have a lot to talk about. We've got quite a few games to talk about this week, which I'm looking forward to discussing and hearing your guys' thoughts as well. And of course, we hope everybody listening is well and is safe. And firstly, before we start getting to the reviews, just want to give a shout out on Discord that it has become a little bit more active uh, thanks to some new members in particular. But um, yeah, Sullen... You put the link up again. Yes, it is in the show notes, but again, I'll put it I'll put it on, you know, social media then again. But Sullen Spud, he uh, sent us a message and he said, hey, dudes, and well, do that. <laughs> it's all right, I can be called well, a dude, I don't mind. That's true, that's true, yeah. That's fine. No, sure, okay. Well, he said, I wanted to say that you guys are one of the few outlets to really give Heaven's Vault its proper due. It was on my radar last year, but I never got around to it. Doubled back because of the Game of the Year love it got on the podcast. And a few minor gripes aside, it's a really special game. And he then said, for sure, Inkle is definitely on my radar now as a studio. I hadn't played 80 Days or their other games, but I really appreciate the innovations they brought to the genre with Heaven's Fault. Translating an ancient language is such a unique puzzle mechanic, and it really sucks you into the world building. So thank you, Sullenspud. So, Thomas, I don't think we know what your thoughts are on Heaven's Fault. So oh, I think we we need you to give us a very detailed no. <laughs> view of what you think. What Did you like it? I'm not quite sure you were specific enough the other million times you spoke about it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Good. That's it. Move on. Yes. Although, j- just to say that I think he, since he said he had a few minor gripes aside, so I think he, he agrees more with me than with you. But just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. And um, yeah, no, we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, unlike Adventure Gamers, which didn't give it uh, any award, did it, Laura? Well, I we didn't think give it any the awards. reviewer, the person who reviewed it for Adventure Gamers. <laughs> who is that now? Oh, some excellent writer. Yes, their a name really now. great white writer. <laughs> I think they should win a Pulitzer. <laughs> I agree. Um, yes, well, I guess, yeah, they maybe didn't give it. But I have to, I don't think the readers of Adventure Gamers gave it. That's true. I think Whispers of a Machine uh, grabbed it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Disco Elysium again? Let's just put them all out there. <laughs> no, stop <laughs> I don't, it. I <laughs> don't think we had enough. Okay, moving on. If when you are you going to play that then, Josh? <laughs> I'm... I'm trying. I've, I still have to play some other games. I need to save, you know, get rid of some space from my computer. That's not and very disco. Uh, it's not very disco. It's not disco. I will get around to it. And well, there's another game as well that was recently announced that I believe three of us backed it on Kickstarter. It's Chinatown Detective Agency. It is based on, it was inspired on rather, where in the world is Carmen San Diego. And it is, it's still, it's an adventure game. It's set mostly in Singapore, but I believe you can travel the world in this game. And it looks really good from what some of the updates I've been seeing, the screenshots and the videos I've been seeing. It looks really good. Did anything in particular uh, catch your eye about it? Because uh, I know two of you just backed it, I believe. Uh, Laura, yes. did, you backed it as well, I believe, correct? I did back it, yeah. It was on my radar. I'd heard about it before, mainly because I think the the graphic uh, sort of designer behind it um, also designed uh, Future Flashback, which I tested out at a previous um, Adventure X. And it's got the same kind of graphic silence. Yeah, it just looks really cool. Uh, and I like the the idea of it, you know, being uh, sort of ba- based on uh, Carmen San Diego, which I haven't played that game. I've played 
uh, where in time is Carmen San Diego, which I loved uh, as a as a kid. Um, <laughs> but obviously, I think this one's going to be a bit darker than that. <laughs> um, looking at it, but yeah, you know, cyberpunk kind of puzzles, really cool graphic design, um, this sort of intriguing story. All of it looks really cool. So yeah, I I backed it in a heartbeat. Yeah, as I say, I and mean, you, Thomas, as well. Anything particular catch your eye about this game? No, basically, also what Laura just said. Um, <clears throat> it has, yeah, it's 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 cyberpunk. So that that it, you you had me at cyberpunk. I really really mm-hmm. love cyberpunk games. Um, it looks cool. great. So. The, the the real world research as well that they sort of talk about. Yes. That you've got on, yeah, like, that aspect detective. sounds really really interesting, and I'm very curious how they are going to pull that off, how it's going to work into the game. And I only, I, I did not know that it was based on Carmen Sandiego because if I had known that, I would have backed it even faster because that was one of my favorite games when I was uh, was a kid. I played the shit out of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. I loved it. I learned a lot from that game too. Yeah, I played both Where in Time and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. And I I must have them somewhere. I must go <laughs> in the attic somewhere. I'm not sure they would work on the modern computer, but no, I remember really enjoying those games as well. But yeah, the real world research, I believe, is for SideQuest in Chinatown Detective Agency. That you get to use Google. Uh, yes, yeah, so to solve puzzles in real life through internet research, code breaking. So they say, yeah. Uh, you need to solve side quests with uh, Googling clues, checking on encyclopedia or scouring a map. So, yeah, or maybe just using Google, (laughs) which is what we all do now. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll include the link to that game. So it's Chinatown Detective Agency, which is on Kickstarter. It's nearly reached its goal. I believe it's yes, very close at the time of recording. Still has two more weeks. Six and a half thousand euros removed from its game but from its goal but it's still got three weeks to get there uh two and a half yeah, weeks so to get there so from the looks of it, it's gonna make it and i hope so because it looks like a game i want to play yeah definitely yeah definitely and i believe uh, we don't know yet the release date i don't think but uh, what says here estimate delivery december 2020 but again take that with a pinch of salt as always with yes. kickstarter games that they may be delayed which um, which is okay as long as they take their time making it. <clears throat> I'm sure it's the most important, we'll all agree. So, so yeah, anyways, well, under, under the current for... circumstances, you can't really blame anyone for getting delayed, of course. Exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. So as long, again, as everyone is safe and as long as they take their time working on the game. So, uh, But there were a few games that we've played that were released that we can uh, talk about. So shall we get head to reviews? Let's. Perfect. So now the first game that we can talk about, it's a game that Thomas and I played. It is The Complex. It is about two people who are in lockdown, in quarantine, because mm. of a threat of a spread of a virus. So <laughs> Sounds familiar. Definitely, yeah. very, definitely very topical. So yeah. this, is the, this is The Complex. We stand on the precipice of history. Our teams have been working with some of the country's top scientists. We need proper assurances about these nanocells, Dr. Tennant. Why should we continue to bankroll someone so young? All I can ask is that you trust me. I will deliver. 
We need to get you on the scene immediately. The scene? How? Nothing leaves or enters the lab without us knowing about it. The safety of London is paramount. <laughs> we can't risk a bug getting into the city. Help me! Time is running out. The supply tent's been depleted. There's only one fire left. What are you gonna do? The analysis cannot fall into the wrong hands. Make a decision. Bring this together. I trust you. She'd be sacrificing herself to save millions. I'm not a murderer. How do I save them both? So, Thomas, so what, what can you tell us about this game? Uh, so what do you think? <laughs> yeah, the complex is an uh, is an, a full motion video <clears throat> adventure game, just like uh, the one I played a couple of months ago called She Sees Red. This is by uh, Wales Interactive and published by Wales Interactive. And uh, you play a doctor uh, who in the, researches a lot of stuff. In this case, she researches uh, nanites and viruses and stuff like that. And obviously something goes horribly wrong and you are faced with making choices uh, because it's full motion video. It's not like you move around, uh, but it's you go from scene to scene and your choices will decide what scene you're going to next. Um, and it can be as simple as uh, you want to save this person or you want to save this person. Or it could be like, do you want to react in a friendly way or in a very cold way? Do you want to make a joke or not? And you can also decide not to react. That is also, so you have three choices. You can give, do the, the two choices on the screen or not pick a choice at all. Um, I actually, uh, the, the first choice came a bit quicker than I thought, so I was too late in uh, in uh, making a choice there. Um, eventually, you, you so you pl kind of play through this uh, movie and... Uh, the ending is determined by the choices you make along the way and your choices uh, affect the way people react to you. You, um, you, you can see a screen where uh, it shows all the relationship status you have with all the people that are important in the story. Um, it shows a bit of like percentages on your, on your honesty, on your physicality and stuff like that. So your choices in, influence that as well. And that sort of gives you a score at the end of the, uh, at the end of the game. Um, I believe there are nine endings, but it could be that there are like, there are nine variations on uh, three major endings. I have uh, played through it once. It took me about 90 minutes to play through it. It was um, impressive. I must say it was very impressive, uh, very high production values, a few uh, familiar faces amongst the actors. Uh, this is not, um, this is a very, high class product uh yeah i i, I would say I, I enjoyed it a lot the acting was good um obviously you can't it, it's not a real movie uh so there are things that are not flowing as well because it's a game but outside of that 
it is very nice. The uh, the doctor you play, the the, the lady is uh, um, seems to be a very pleasant lady, at least for the choices that I made. Uh, so I am going to play it at least once, uh, where I take all the all the not so pleasant choices. Sure. Um, so yeah, I've 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 had only one playthrough playthrough so far, uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely going to play it a couple of times. See if I can find all the endings and all the scenes that I have not yet discovered. Yeah, I think I agree with just about everything you said. Or it's uh, I've, from I've only played it once as well, and I believe from what I read that there are three main endings and then six variations from what I've read online. There's still three yeah. endings. You know, three main endings is still a lot. And yeah, I thought, because um, I, I don't usually play many FMV games because certainly in the 90s, they didn't have a great reputation that uh, no. I've only played. Yeah, I've only played, I think, Gabriel Knight 2 and, uh, oh, I can't remember, there's another game that I played as well that, um, but uh, the Tex Murphy. But again, Tex yeah. Murphy, it was in on the joke. So they, they knew yeah, that it was cheesy. But to me, they also don't really feel like full motion video games, to be honest. Yes. In what way? Like this is full motion video because uh, it's yeah, it it is an interactive movie. Right. Okay. And uh, it's more like Bandersnatch on Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say choose your own, choose your own adventure than it is than it is an adventure game. While Gabriel Knight was one hundred percent an adventure game, a point and click adventure mm. game that just used real people and real backgrounds. To walk around in, uh, that's that's not the case. Well, the case here is obviously the, these are also real people and real backgrounds, but you're not controlling your character. Mm. It's not like you can decide to go left when uh, the story demands you to go right. No, you make choice, and that's how the, the how it goes. And that's the the difference I feel with a full motion video game and a point and click adventure game that uses uh, that technology. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this one, as I said, I have, don't play much, many of FMV games because of the bad rep they got. But this one, the, as Thomas mentioned, the production values are really, really high. It looks great. And the acting was really good as well. Like they have actors from, um, I believe, TV series Letterkenny. I haven't seen it, but uh, well, the, the actors are Michelle Milet from... Letterkenny and Bad Blood, Kate Dickey, who's in the game Game of Thrones and The Witch, and Al. Oh, that's where I know her from. Yes, she's a and Scottish then, actress, isn't she? I believe so. Yeah, and then I don't know who he is, but it says it's featuring guest acting performance by Twitch streamer and former Xbox UK presenter Leah Viathan. Oh. But the I don't know. Do you know who that is? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just not. I'm not with it apparently, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But no, I thought the the production values and the acting was good. The story overall was, uh, I thought, was good. Um, There's some humor as well. Overall, it's a pretty serious game. But there was some humor between the two main characters, which I liked. Well, um, that depends on the choice you make, of course. As well, yes, that's true. Because, again, for example, when you're, I believe you're giving, your one of the characters gets injured. And so you have to then give that character first aid, but you can choose then whether to tell a joke or slap him. <laughs> so, and what so, did you choose? Um, I, I chose to tell a joke because I was nice, but like Thomas, I want to go back and do all the less make all the less nice choices. <laughs> and but, 
you're you're literally making life and death choices in this game. So mm. that's uh, that's interesting, and and I I'm very drawn towards playing the good guy. So most of my choices were towards that, towards the moral high ground, trying to save everyone, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et but I'm going to try and see what happens when I choose all the other uh, choices. And that's also a bit different from the from Shishi's Red that I played a couple of months ago, where basically you, you played uh, through it to get to the ending, but different playthroughs got you to different endings, but um, you were never the bad guy or anything. And I have a feeling that here you can also choose to be a, not a good guy. Mm. Okay. Well, that kind of takes me because I've only played through it once, so I don't know exactly what effect some of the choices have or how different it would be. But there were a couple of occasions where it felt like the choices didn't really matter, that there, the game was going, the story was going to play out one way anyway. To, just to give one example, that's not really a spoiler, but the char- your character is in a moment she's very distressed. Uh, are very agitated, and then she gets a call, and you can choose whether to accept or reject the call. Now, I knew if she accepted the call, if I chose to accept the call, that it could make things more difficult. But I chose to do that anyway because I wanted to see where it would go. But at the same time, the other character then rejected the call, and that's how it played out anyway. And I thought, I wanted to see how it would play out if they accepted the call. So, And there were two or three occasions like that where I felt that, oh, this is obviously where the story is meant to go or where I'm supposed to go. But if it's, if it's choose your own, mm. well, FMV game in this case, then we should see how it plays out. Now I know it can be difficult, but you know, I think that that was one thing that was a little bit disappointing. I'll be honest. That's, it just felt more linear than what is otherwise. Now, again, I'll play it again, see what happens, but that's how it felt. Um, also it's, uh, overall, I did enjoy the story, but there are some, shall we say, releva- revelations or plot twists that, at least for me, were really obvious. <laughs> that uh, you can kind of say, okay, this is, you know, it, uh, this is going to happen here, it's going to happen there. And if I if I can see it coming, then again, I thought maybe more could have been done to make things a little bit more surprising. <laughs> that it, you kind of, at least I could kind of tell, okay, this is going to happen there. So again, I still really enjoyed it. Um, also, there were the story didn't always make a huge amount of sense. Now, maybe this could be me, and I would have to, I have to go back and play it again. Like there is, there's a lot of again without giving out to it. There's a lot of talk of them trying to help someone, but then they're not really helping that person. They're just talking about it all the way through the game. And I said, like, okay, well, what exactly are you doing to well, help this that, person? That it, was they couldn't. Well, I can't go into that without spoiling. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So you obviously it. missed something because I, uh, I exactly, I understood exactly why they okay, did or did I'll have not to do play that. it again. <laughs> okay, that, <laughs> that that's that's fair enough. Oh, that's I I recognize. I could I'd have to play through it again. Um, but also, Thomas, did you find I don't know if we got the same ending now again without giving anything away. But there were one or two times again towards the end where. I, even though this is a sci-fi story, I was thinking, really, this is happening? <laughs> this probably would not have happened. <laughs> and it's hard to go to more detail. But I was kind of like, really? They're letting that person do this thing? <laughs> it's like, I. But anyway, overall, I still liked it. But I just wanted to mention these points well, as I, well. I think, 
I think a lot of that depends on how you reacted to certain things because I did not have that sure. feeling at all. And I was like, you know, I want to build up, a, I want to build this relationship with this person up more. Mm. Uh, oh, definitely. So, I, I thought it was really interesting how you mentioned with the relationship tracker. Again, I don't know how important that is to the story and to the differences in the endings, but I thought it was a nice idea that it tells you how your relationship is with the characters. So if they trust you, if they don't trust you, and then it gives you a personality rating at the end. So even if it doesn't have a huge effect on the game or the story overall, it was still a nice idea, I think, and it adds something new as well. So it's also, as we mentioned, very relevant to events happening today, but it, it's, it, it's obviously like a sci-fi setting. And there's also some, you know, politics as well with this Asian country and with the government there. And there's, uh, again, I don't also want to get it pretty relevant. Way, but pretty, pretty yeah, also relevant with uh, things that are happening, well, in general. But I thought that was, despite it kind of being obvious, it was still done rather well. The, it was written by one of the writers of... The Handmaid's Tale, I believe. Now it's not; it's nowhere near. I haven't seen. Oh, that's Handmaid's in the TV Tale, series. I was going to say, not Mar- yes. Margaret Atwood. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Who it is? Lynn Rene Maxi. I believe that's how you say it. But one of the team who writes for the TV series, The Handmaid's Tale. Now, from what I, I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale, but from what I've heard of it. This is not as stressful as The Handmaid's Tale, uh, shall we say. But it was pretty fun. I pretty enjoy- I enjoyed it pretty much overall. So um, so I think you did as well, Thomas. You would, you'd recommend it as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice diversion, at least. You played so it's, it's, a good, it's a good game. It's a good FMV game. If you know what you're yeah. going to get, yeah. uh, exactly. then it does not disappoint. And I think it's nice exactly. as well that you could, ne- you know, you, obviously it's better if you do play it a couple of times, but you could just play it for that 90 minutes. And it's quite nice to sometimes have games that are like that. <laughs> yes, yes. The short, sometimes short, well, a lot of times short games is like, yes, I can finish mm. this game. It's, um, well, it was it was quite a difference between you know first playing a game that took me over forty hours and then playing a game that took me over twenty hours and now a game that took me over ninety <laughs> minutes. So it's very nice, isn't it, when you can play a game in in one evening in one sitting? Sometimes it is, yeah. yeah Just like a short balance. story is sometimes preferable over uh, over mm-hmm. a novel. Not everybody exactly. wants to read uh, War and Peace every every evening. Be <laughs> <laughs> <For> yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what Laura does when she's not playing games. <laughs> so oh, that was the complex, and it is well. It's available on Steam, and I believe it's probably available on GOG. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's there, and it we would definitely recommend it. So, uh, so now going on to something a little bit more lighthearted, because I think God knows we all need something. <laughs> Uh, to help us laugh as well. So you may have heard my interview with Mark Darren last week, who and I had a chance to play, well, an early access version of his game, which he spoke about Nick Bounty and a dame with a blue-chewed shoe. From designer Mark Darren comes a comedy noir adventure like nothing you've seen before. Nick Bounty and the dame with the blue-chewed shoe take on the role of the smart-ass detective as he questions suspicious characters. Dead body. Some kids were playing in the sandbox when they discovered her. Naked? No, they were all fully dressed, but the clothes on the victim had been torn off. Scours the crime scene for evidence. Sand over here is wet. Ah, piss. 
That's disgusting. And puts the pieces together to solve the murder of the dame with the blue chewed shoe. A woman's shoe. Aqua colored? No. Periwinkle. Reserve your copy now. First of all, I, I swear that the developers now choose these incredibly difficult titles just to screw with me, just to see. Let's mess with Shorsha. Let's see. Let's hear him try and pronounce the title. <laughs> but anyway, so Nick Bounty and a Dame with a Blue Trude Shoe. This is the third game in the Nick Bounty series, but you don't need to play the first two games. They were released for Flash about 15 years ago. And then Mark Darwin went to work for Telltale, and now he's working again for himself, so he's released this game. But this is completely standalone. You play as Nick Bounty, as the title suggests, who is a wannabe police detective. And now the game starts, which is a riff on The Fugitive, so it's in the, the tunnel. And I kind of want to give anything away because it's very funny how, how it transpires, but he finds a police scanner, and so then through the police scanner, he hears that there is a murder in a playground. So he goes there and he sees that there are police officers, there's a dead body. And so you investigate, you speak to them. And then one piece of evidence that you find is a blue chewed shoe. And then uh, earlier on in the game, then you have to choose between one of three characters to be your partner. So you choose between... Um, a girl who always works alone, you know, tough talking cop. There is then um, Psychic and a very old man who has, well, he's very old, but he's very experienced. So you have to choose which one of them to play as. I chose the, the girl who always works alone. And then you need to basically try and solve the murder. This game, it's really, really funny. It's one of the funniest games that I have played Pretty much in Clam Man. I was laughing all the way through. It's, I was it, just going to ask, is Clam Man funny? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think so for a couple of reasons. There is, there's different types of humor in this game, which is, which is really nice. So there, there are puns. There are quite a few puns. So obviously I like that. There is, uh, there is then some, it's very witty. Uh, there's some, some slapstick humor as well. And also it has, you know, LucasArts, Terry Pratchett type humor. Ooh, okay. So in the in the scenarios. So now I'm not saying it's as good as you know LucasArts game or Terry Pratchett, but it's certainly up there because and it it's it it's it's not to be taken really seriously, but it's you know it, I was definitely laughing at um at the dialogue in particular at the situations that he finds himself in. Some of the puzzle solutions are very funny late on, at least with the character that I chose, that it feels, you know, very serious. And then with the resolution with of the story, I was laughing quite a lot because I thought, oh, wow, they went there. And then I th there are maybe, there is a part where it does get very surreal, but the game kind of pokes fun at itself. It breaks the fourth wall. And actually, the the developer himself, Mark Darren, again, without spoiling anything, he makes kind of a cameo appearance, which I thought was very funny. So overall, again, the writing and, and the game itself, I thought was really, really funny. The voice acting really helps uh, because, again, the jokes land and all of the voice actors do a great job. Now, 
you may have heard of some of these voice actors he has in this game voice actors of of games in Telltale. So you have Dave Fenoy, who was Lee Everett in The Walking Dead, Melissa Hutchison, who was Clementine in The Walking oh, wow. Dead, uh, C- Sissy Jones, who was Delilah from Firewatch, and Adam Harrington, who was Big B Wolf from The Wolf Among Us. Wow. So great cast. And the great thing as well is that the main voice actor <clears throat> is Jason Ellis, who is probably not as well known, but he's the original voice actor of Nick Bounty in the two previous games. And he does an incredible job because he's in every scene and he has to he has to deliver. And thankfully, he does. As I said, even when he's very serious, it's still really funny. So he does deliver on, on the voice acting as well and just all across the board as well. So it's great to see these voice actors who have played some you know, characters in very serious games like The Walking Dead and Firewatch. But here they demonstrate just how funny they can be as well. And... It's uh, the graphics. I thought were very nice. It's in uh, it's in black and white, and it's also in three D. But the best thing you can say is you don't realize it's in three D. So again, it's like playing a noir game, a noir movie. But it's again the graphics. I thought looked really, really good. The gameplay is either with keyboard and mouse or a controller. I play as a controller, and again, I didn't have any real issues. The one thing I would say is now I did play an early access version. But you click on a hotspot from kind of far away, and but then the character gets stuck behind a pillar or something. So you have to move him around. It's not a big issue at all, but I just thought I would mention it. And yeah, it's also a bit, you know, it might be a bit short. It took me about three and a half hours. But again, I really enjoyed that. There is some replayability. You can go back and play the two other characters as well. Uh, now, regarding puzzles, again, the focus is on the story. So there are some puzzles in it, but generally they are quite easy. So if you want some challenging puzzles, maybe this game isn't the, the game for that. But again, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the game how, as a whole. How much of a difference do you think it makes depending what sort of sidekick you pick? Is it just kind of what, what they sort of say, like dialogue choices, or is there any kind of puzzle mm-hmm. need for them as well? Or is it just completely dialogue-based, the, the choice? I think Now, again, I've only played through it once, so maybe people who have played through it twice would be better able to, to say. But I believe it would be mainly dialogue-based that you, because at least the character that I chose, she had her own backstory, which you discover, which is actually very funny. <laughs> and that is, itself becomes one of the solutions to the puzzles towards the end. I don't know how it would play out with the two other characters, I assume it would be similar-ish, but a different dialogue and maybe a different backstory. So I'm not entirely sure how much replayability there would be, but still it would be nice to play with different dialogue to see again, because the dialogue is very good. It's very funny. Yeah. I was laughing all the way through. So again, I would like to replay it again myself at some point. Now, I think overall the story would be the same. I don't think the endings would be different. Okay, yeah that but I think to get there I think there might be some replayability and it's not uh, you, don't, but yeah, you I, don't sort of use the sidekicks for puzzles or anything like that it's more just they're there for banter and that kind of thing yeah so they they go with you they you know they you don't you don't control them you yeah. always control nick bounty there there was once or twice where nick bounty sent the, um, his partner out to one location so she could then 
uh, investigate, and then you go to another invest- location on your own. But then, yeah, I forgot to mention with regard to gameplay as well. There is, remember in Timbleweed Park, there was the uh, the machines that you use for the evidence and for blood samples and yeah. that. There is something kind of similar in this game. It's not exactly the same. And again, it's very easy. You just literally collect objects and then you put it in there and then the character makes the deductions themselves. So it might have been nice maybe to be able to give the player a chance to make the deductions themselves. Again, I I didn't find a, an issue with it too much because I enjoy the story so much and everything else so much that, again, in particular in these times or any time, it's great to play a game and really enjoy it from start to finish and just laugh as well just because I mean, you kind of like Nick Bounty as well that He's because he so desperately wants to be taken seriously, <laughs> and nobody takes him oh. seriously. It's like I'm a real police detective. Can, I'm a police can you actor. relate to that, Shosha? <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean, Laura. Everyone takes me seriously, right? The two of you always take me seriously, oh. right? With my, with my opinions. With I'm a real podcaster. <laughs> I've got. A, I have a the, microphone. What's the time, Shosha? <laughs> yes. The, the, the time for playing the game? Yeah, no. Uh, no, no, never no. mind. Never mind. Oh, I have a feeling I missed an in-joke. Yes. No, you just missed you a joke. <laughs> oh, are you sure that was a joke? Yeah. Because I wasn't laughing. Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean like we have with your joke? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wonder, can we mute this thing? <laughs> but a boom. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that was Nick Bounty, <laughs> and so you as you can tell, nice. yes, Good. as you can tell, Thomas and Laura were listening to everything I said, taking everything I say very seriously. You guys have a lot of respect for me, um, hopefully more than what the characters have for Nick Bounty, but um, but yeah, I would, yeah, <laughs> I would definitely recommend this game and you, to just anybody. And listen back to the interview as well. And, Yes, if you want to hear as well. And um, yes, so that was Nick Bounty and the Dame with the Blue Chewed Shoe that people can check out. So, uh, Laura, I believe you played a game as well. I did, yes. Um, so what what game have you been playing? <laughs> so I've been playing a bit of Lair of the Clockwork God, uh, which I think I mentioned very briefly last time um which i have said i've really been enjoying i don't know if you guys have, have heard of this before the the developers size five games um ben and dan they have done a couple of other games before uh ben there dan that and time gentlemen please uh and it sort of uses a bit of uh well it uses the same characters from that game but it's it's a completely standalone game uh, and the idea is it basically it takes the idea that adventure games have moved on to sort of indie platformers and makes it into a sort of whole game mechanic and runs with it. And this becomes part of the gameplay. So you've got Ben, who's obviously one of the developers, as one of the characters who's like this kind of diehard adventure games fan. Uh, and then you've got Dan, the other developer, who is more of a like into his indie platformers. He can sort of run about and jump about and you switch between them as characters. Um, and the idea is it, it plays along this whole dynamic of adventure games and platformers uh, side by side. So Ben, when you control him, he won't run. He refuses to jump. I think he says something like he refuses to like debase himself uh, <laughs> to jumping. So, But he can pick up things. He can uh, talk to people. Uh, so he can do 
that kind of side of things. Whereas Dan um, can jump, he can uh, sort of do more of the platformy elements and he can pick up Ben and run with him. So the idea is you swap between these two characters. Um, the story is basically the apocalypse has come. I don't know why this keeps happening <laughs> these games at the moment. <laughs> uh, Great games to play right now. <laughs> and they just basically what's happened is this computer, which normally stops, uh, sort of protects against these kind of things happening, has had a system failure. It's lost all its sort of empathy levels uh, to understand why it should protect humans. Um, and it's up to Ben and Dan to basically play through these different levels of emotions for the computer to process them. Uh, and there's like a certain number of emotions the computer needs before it gets the sort of level of empathy it needs to understand why it needs to protect humans again. And that's all basically kind of a, a gimmick to get into the different levels. Um which is um which are really cool actually. So each level is based on an emotion. So the first I won't like give too much away, but the first one is joy. And you're split sort of split levels, um, playing as Dan, the sort of platformer. It's like a basic Sonic kind of platformer game where you're racing around. It's like this really bright, sunshiny kind of 2D platformer. Uh, meanwhile, playing as uh Ben, the sort of adventure fan, you are stuck at this respawn center where basically you, where characters go when they die in these platform games and he's got to find a way. There's like three things uh, he has to find to <laughs> um, make himself look like he's drowned, which means he then re respawns at the end of the level where Dan is, where there's like loads of water. So it's it, there's like an adventure aspect where you've got to do all these things uh, as him and then meanwhile you're sort of platforming as Dan. And it's all kind of pixelated 2D um side scrolling adventure but it's just and the thing is it's just also really funny like i know we've spoken in the past with thimbleweed park there's a lot of meta in jokes there but i actually found for this it sort of worked because it it wasn't just a sort of surface level meta joke there are a few of those in there like there's the you know there's like a lucas arts trophy which they call like ancient relic or something and there's like they like take a dig <laughs> at things but um yeah, there's uh, so there's things like that, but there's also I think just the whole concept of the gameplay is so meta um, because mm. you're switching between because one is represents adventure games, the other represents platformers, that it kind of works at another level. And there's also just normal jokes as well that are quite funny. Like I think there's like a bit at the near the very beginning where you have to get this um, power, like this battery, up and running, uh, and the way you end up doing it is using this boot to like hit it because then. Uh, they're like, oh, I gave it some welly. And it's just things like that. There's like sort of like puns and stuff like that, which is kind of quite silly, but they work. Um, and the platforming is really good as well. There's lots of different elements, uh, like there's gravity, uh, but, and it's like Dan, who's like this really keen, he's like really into anything that's like new platforming. There's like uh, a sort of gravity jump thing that turns the whole level around uh which he gets really excited about um so it's that yeah i think they work really well as characters um it's it's a cool idea and the sort of levels in between the emotions that you have to go through where it's just sort of straight platforming so there's a good sort of mix it's not all like one adventure side or one platforming side and i think the platforming it does get a bit tricky but there's checkpoints along the way so even if you're not big into that kind of thing and more of a straight adventure fan i think you would you'd be able to do it after a couple of goes it's not like too difficult um so yeah i really i just thought it was a really sort of fresh kind of take 
on on things really. And it did remind me. I don't know if you played a uh, Psychonauts uh, at all, which is Double Fines. Uh, no, but I definitely know. No, and it, it, you know, it reminded me. Yeah, Tim Schafer. Yeah, <laughs> it reminded me quite a lot in some ways of that sort of the levels, just because with Psychonauts, you know, like each level was based because you're going into people's minds basically it was based on you know a person's personality and it was a bit like that with this because it, it had that kind of mental aspect where each level is is based on an emotion so each level has got like a different like there's a funny there's a, a level which is based on fear and the computer's like asking the two like oh what are your sort of big fears before they go into this thing because he's obviously going to project that into the level um so whilst dan is like saying oh yeah well ghosts this and that uh ben is like oh um lollipops because he obviously doesn't want there to be scary things so there's a weird moment like in the middle of the level where like this big lollipop just turns up and things like that that make it quite funny um, so yeah, it just kind of, it was a nice mix of the two, really. I, I wasn't sure what to expect because I haven't played the previous ones, but I think to be honest, I'll definitely give those a look now. I have to say some of the humor is quite, uh, silly. Uh, there's sort of a bit of scatological <laughs> humor and stuff. Like one of the puzzles is you have to try and find an outhouse so that Ben can empty his bladder, which is an actual inventory item. Uh, he, he's got a full bladder in his inventory and then you have to like try and uh, he says he won't go to the toilet unless it's uh, in a toilet or on a grave so <laughs> there's some aspects yeah, yeah I know those two yeah so the humor is definitely quite I don't know uh, <laughs> silly I'll put it but I, I don't know I think right. it kind of fits with the characters and the sort of style of the gameplay so yeah d- um, check it out I would say even if you're a sort of a straight adventure fan I think there's there's something there for, for you to sort of uh, give it a go and try it out. Yeah, it sounds very unique uh, what you mentioned about being part platform, mm. part adventure game. Because I was going to ask you about the platforming aspects. Is it, but you've already answered anyway that if we don't usually play platforms. And now you mentioned as well checkpoints. Can you save it at any time? Or do you, you can save, you save a checkpoint? You can save, but it will, I think, as far as I remember, it's. Um, you, it's not like you'll save at a very specific point and it'll take you directly to that point again. Um, you, it'll just take you to the beginning of that part. So I, I, if if that makes sense. So you know you might still have to do a little bit, but because the checkpoints are so frequent anyway, it doesn't really matter if that makes sense. So you're not you you don't save. You just exit okay, the game yeah. and it will take you back to the beginning of that checkpoint. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, because that's one of the future games that, are, that I'm playing at the moment that I'll talk about in the future. That That's something I wanted to talk about. Well, I'll leave that for the next episode, but it's something that kind of drives me a bit crazy is this whole concept of checkpoints mm. because I just really would love to be able to say pretty much wherever we want because if real life happens, I would like to be able to save and quit the game if necessary. But there are one or two games that are, I'm playing at the moment that... Uh, you can't do that, which is very annoying. But um, but yeah, I think we can save that for another episode. But it, it sounds good. And 
as as you mentioned, dude, it's very it seems very meta, but it seems to work in this game because the game is about the two developers. Yeah, I mean, so. it's very it's so meta, it's ridiculous, really, because the yeah. developers are in the game. The game is all about yeah. playing adventure games and playing platform games, and how those two don't exist together. And but it just, I don't know, it just seems to go about it the right way. So it's not, I don't know, I guess as well, it's not really, really sort of in jokey, and I think that's where maybe. Right, that's the uh, that's the difference. Yeah, it's then. it's still yes. enough. I mean, obviously, if, if you've played these kind of games, at least it's there's not like loads of sort of like really kind of in depth in jokes, I guess. Um, but I think it just runs along at such a pace as well that you don't really ever sort of feel very much like oh, you know, there's too many there's too many jokes or anything like that. There's it's just really well designed. I think the levels as well is some, something worth saying that everything kind of has a great pace to it, and you're you're never sort of left bored um for very long cool and I don't know if you mentioned it but do you know how long it took you to so it took me I think, um i think it was about sort of nine hours nine ten hours. so it's fairly lengthy oh, there's a lot, okay. of, a a lot of emotions you've yeah. got to go through <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it all those emotions <laughs> Yeah, so it's no, kind of like the inside out of uh, yeah. Yes. That's a great um, comparison. Yeah, it is very much like that. Um, and yeah, that's uh, inside out, psychonauts, all those kind of things. Interesting concept and interesting sort of gameplay as well. Well, well, great games to be compared to, or great yeah. uh, you know movies and games because Inside Out, I really loved yeah. that movie. That was really and, good. Made me cry. Yeah, and this. I know, me too. <laughs> Every picture anyway. except cars makes me yes. cry. So <laughs> that makes yeah. me cry for a different reason. But anyway, I'm not afraid to admit that either. <laughs> oh yes, but just thinking about oh, up no, now Jay. again, it's oh, like oh no, that and Wally. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, good times. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Um, so that was Lair of the Clockwork God, and that's available on Steam. Yes. At least, what a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Laura. And so, now our final game that we're going to review today—it's oh well, surprise, surprise—it's another post-apocalyptic game. Yay! Exactly what we all need. It is <laughs> the next game that Thomas and I played, which we're going to talk about, is Beautiful Desolation. So, this game is set in post-apocalyptic South Africa, which was an interesting setting. And again, you may have heard my interview with the developers, the two brothers, uh, Chris and Nicholas Beshoff, who are part of the Brotherhood, the name of their company. And they also made Stasis, or Stasis, I think it's, yeah, well, we're here all night. Uh, Stasis, let's go with that which uh, won the Best Adventure Game, which won the Aggie Award for Adventure Gamers when it was released the Best Adventure Game of the Year. So clearly, these guys have pedigree. And so their latest game is Beautiful Desolation. So, Thomas, uh, you play this game as well. So what can you tell us about this game? Uh, Well, it looks a bit like um, Fallout in Africa. But it, it, it is still uh, 100% a, an adventure game and not a role-playing game. Um, it sometimes is a, comes across as a bit schizophrenic because it, it does seems like it wants to be something like Fallout, uh, but it's it's more way more linear than that. Uh, you play uh, the youngest of two brothers, Mark, um, 
who something very bad happens to him at the start of the game. Um, well, at the first cin- cinematic, uh, uh, you start with a cinematic and you already have to make a few choices as in you decide how to react to uh, what another character is saying and you can decide to react uh, friendly or not friendly or stuff like that. You know, a bit a bit like the, the, the normal dialogue options in in an adventure game. And then something really bad happens and then uh, you get a bit of exposition and then the game really starts five years later. Uh, and it's isometric, which is uh, not that um, common under uh, uh, adventure games. And I can tell you, the game looks and sounds stunning. It is a gorgeous-looking game. The sounds are amazing. The voice acting is fantastic. Uh, the accents and everything—you know—it's—it's—it it's, gives the 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 game it completely its entire look and feel, uh, which is, I think, the 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 best selling point for this game, combined with the very unique world building that is going on here uh there is this is this game is 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 also quite bonkers in in certain ways uh i can't really explain why because that would mean i had to spoil certain things uh but you are yeah there is stuff happening here and it is completely unique i've never uh, played anything like this and again the closest that uh, this comes to would be again the first two Fallout uh, games uh, in 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 the way of, of world building. Uh, so that was incredibly intriguing. That that really drew me in. Unfortunately, I'm not completely uh, positive because uh, of the gameplay. Now the 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 essential gameplay, like you you click around and you 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 look at things. You can pick up things and you walk around. That that's all fine. Uh, the problem for me became because it's quite a, a comprehensive game. There's a lot going on, and I was not in a position to constantly play. And there is, for instance, there is no quest log, so I had no. I had a very hard time keeping up with the game, for that matter. Like um, I, I started playing it for a couple of hours, then uh, life interfered. I couldn't play for a couple of days for like a week. Then I came back and I was like, I I kind of lost what I was supposed to do now. And there's no, not really a way of looking back into it. You do have um, uh, all your conversations. Uh, or they, are, they are saved. You can always look back. So that was a bit of a help. But eventually, I did needed to get uh, get a walkthrough to to get me back on track. Um, so that was for me that 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 yeah, I hate to say, it, but that really rained on the parade because I was really looking forward to playing this game because it looked so stunning and it sounded so great and it had such an intriguing story. Uh, I still enjoyed it a lot. Uh, there are some puzzles that were interesting. And pretty, there was one that was incredibly frustrating, and I somehow managed to do it. I still don't know how exactly I managed to get past it, but I somehow managed to do it. Um, most of the puzzles make sense and um, uh, really fit into the into the whole world. Uh, you get bombarded with 
new uh, with names and and tribes and everything, and it is awesome. Uh, but I had, I had also a hard time keeping track of everything there. So um, uh, sometimes I was like, okay, who were these guys again? Uh, so I, th- I think that if the game had something more like uh, like a diary or anything that that would keep even better track of that stuff, that would have that would have added some more because it is definitely definitely worth diving into this game and uh, going into this mythology because it is. Very, very well done. Uh, I just felt that the lack of a of a of a quest log and the lack of of, of uh, ways of keeping track of your progress uh, helped me back uh, and, and and took away a bit of the pleasure of the game. Yeah, I think I would agree almost exactly with what you say there as well. I do want to mention as well that the developers have since introduced a hint system in the game which uh, what happens is there's a map screen where you can fly around to the different locations. And so what they've done is the different locations now, anytime there is anything new, so any new conversation or dialogue choice or any new item to be collected, those locations would flash. So you know where you can go. So so you can change these in the settings, I believe, which is what I did. And that does that does help because it kind of stops you from wandering aimlessly around because it's quite a big area. There are several different map screens. Um, I yeah, like like you, Thomas. Still, you know, there they have this hint system as well, which is great, and they have the conversations which you can read through all of them as well. Yeah, that, that's also they, that's pretty good that they that you have the option to go have, back to one of those. Yeah. Yeah, they also have the sketchbook. So the character that will draw these sketches. So, for example, you mentioned the tribe. So let's say the Chitsnyama, that then you can click the, the sketchbook and you can see a sketch of either the tribe or the location, which does help. But I would entirely agree that my own experience, while it was positive overall, it would have been a lot more positive if there had been a quest log. Because, as you said, there's a lot going on in this game. And I don't know about you, Thomas, but at times I forgot the main ob- like I knew what the main objective was that you needed to go well back home, shall we say? But I forgot I forgot exactly what the objectives were. Like, okay, what am I looking for? Why why am I doing this? Yeah, and you yeah, can yeah, go yeah. through the conversations, but that is very time consuming. So if we had a quest log which just says you know main objectives are these, and in the side quests or the side objectives even just that to say because you have side quests that characters that they you need to go to see a character but then there's a guard and the guard would say oh i need you to get me this object so then you need to go to get that object but they need to talk to another character and it's pretty easy then to get a bit lost it's like okay india why am i finding this object but even with a walkthrough i was sometimes like yes uh, okay who are these people again yeah yeah (laughs) And 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 that's really interesting. The, all those, mm. uh, all oh, those characters yeah. are, and they're, they're most of them have their own voices, and the, the accents are fantastic. Yes. And uh, it, it was it was fun, it was great to uh, to to explore, uh, but you were also held held back a bit then uh, because of that. Yes, no, it's, that's what you mentioned. That all of the characters are voiced. Now I think it's. Uh, same actors for a lot of them, which again, but it's uh, for me that wasn't an issue because there are so many characters that I think it's very impressive that they were all voiced. Yeah, <laughs> and even as you said, um, 
yes, Pooch, who I, who I really loved. And I loved the, the developers told me that they created that character for this voice yeah. actress. And she was great. They were all great. It's kind of like this yeah. mechanical robotic dog. And and you know that I uh, have a bit of a blind spot for voice acting, but uh, one of the first <laughs> things that I texted you when I started playing is like, whoa, this voice acting is fantastic. Yes. Yes. No, it, uh, I really enjoyed the voice acting as well. Also, you mentioned the accents, which at least for me are unique. Now, if you're living it, or if you're from South Africa, you're like, oh, this is this is normal. But for me, usually the um, main characters are they're either usually American or British, which is fine, no problem at all with that. But it's nice to hear a different accent as well, which is like, oh, language, kind of basically. like very, yeah, because every so often they have, I believe, Afrikaans. Yeah, which is really um, weird because even, I'm Dutch, so to me it's like it's almost <laughs> as if they're talking half English, half Dutch. So. <laughs> yes so uh, it's like, which, okay <laughs> which was really interesting and as you mentioned i think this is one of the most beautiful adventure games i've ever played oh. the cutscenes were absolutely stunning and yeah. what they told me as well it was one one of the developers with a laptop who created those cutscenes. yeah that's ridiculous which, that's ridiculous because <laughs> this is ju- for me it's just as good as triple a games or a lot of triple a games yeah. that have Hundreds of people working on the cutscenes and the game. If one person can do this, he could put a lot of people out of a job if he works for a AAA company because they're absolutely stunning to yeah. the cutscenes. And, and the moral choices that you have to make uh, yes. really influence the game as well. Uh, yes, you have. Can, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, be be nice or not so nice to characters because it's a very interesting relationship that the two brothers have. And you just you then decide how you then react with uh, with your brother, and also there's a backstory as well. As the developers mentioned, the brother who was a war veteran, and that plays a part in mm-hmm. the story as well, which was really uh, well done. I thought. Um, yeah, that was, as that you was really interesting because it would, mm. would be uh, like uh, all of a sudden you, you would go somewhere, but then uh, uh, like. Uh, a dialogue would interfere for a bit, and it was just a bit of backstory between the two brothers. Yes, and it I love never those. felt it never felt unwanted or that it was jammed into there. No, it was actually really nice to to have those moments, but also because most of the game you you run around with your brother and with Pooch, uh, and uh, then you would have you would have choices to make, and then they both would give. Like uh, the, his brother would then, for instance, say, I, I think you should do A because of this and this and this. And then Butch would say, well, I think you should do B because this and this and this. And that would really highlight the moral choices you had to make. And it was uh, uh, many times we were like, is, is there really a, a, a good choice here? <laughs> Sometimes hard to, hard to decide. Yeah, especially as you mentioned, with one character saying do this, the other character saying no, do the exact opposite. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, did I also found that there was some pixel hunting, which I'm not a fan of, that you can only see some objects if you're like two centimeters away, particularly yeah. when you need uh, some gold objects which uses currency. But some of those were very hard, even though even. When I use a walkthrough and it said at the top left of the screen and I was running around the top left and I still had difficulty finding there, it. There so, are there are plenty of pieces of gold to, to be found, so it's not yes, like you so, need again, to find a specific one. So Exactly. Now it also 
there most of the objects, most of the hotspots, they sparkle, so they are pretty clear. And and it's, also you mentioned the the puzzles. Now, I think there were two challenging puzzles. Now, most of the puzzles, I mean, unless you miss an object or you miss something, and well, probably the main puzzle is trying to remember <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But there are two kind of what I found challenging logic puzzles, which I told you about. Actually, first of all, before I got there mentioning that even though a time is non-linear, it can be linear. And I got stuck because I, I I knew what I needed to do, but I just didn't get that option. And then I spoke with Thomas and then it turned out I needed to show a character an inventory object and then I would have that possibility. But then there are two challenging puzzles. The first puzzle, which I believe you mentioned, Thomas, which we spoke about now, there is a visual clue to it. And I was trying to follow it, and I didn't get it. And I tried a couple more times. Then I tried using a walkthrough. I still didn't get it with the walkthrough. The walkthrough itself was not correct. The, walk, the walkthrough so, was absolutely useless with that puzzle. I did not understand it. I, it's, now, unless we both misunderstood, which is also possible, but then I oh, yeah. watched a game walkthrough for that section, and then I got it. But it turns out that I was actually close to begin with, <laughs> that I just what one or two, I think, places that kind of don't want to reveal the solution but i was actually close now the second puzzle i had no idea what to do that i just used a walkthrough for that but again other people might be able to resolve those puzzles themselves oh, probably yeah um, and, and there's a lot of people who like games that don't hold your hand or anything i mean exactly and i'm not saying that a game should hold your hand but uh, uh yeah, my some brain guidance, as we mentioned needs before. some guidance. Yeah, it's as simple as that. But if I if I haven't if I can't return to a game for a week, uh, because I had I, I played a Disco Elysium before this, and that was also a big period where I could not play Disco. But I I, I came back and uh, I basically got into the game within minutes. Yeah, I was going to so, say it uh, sounds I, very similar to Disco Elysium on, on a number of points. You know, isometric. Uh, sort of very uh, dense uh, kind of story and choices, but the one thing uh, and also a bit bonkers at times. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, yeah, one thing is. I guess Disco does have is it does have an objectives list, um, even though it doesn't go into lots of detail. But I did find that really useful to have when I was playing Disco. Oh, I no, could not have finished no, the game exactly. if I hadn't had that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think that if this game just had one sentence, you know, what what are your main objectives? And then what are your side quests? Like, get this object for this character. And even also, just to have, as Thomas mentioned as well, just a page, a diary, which would uh, give, again, a brief paragraph about different tribes, because there, there are a lot of different tribes, you know, there's as I mentioned, Chitsnyana, lots of different names, and that it's really interesting. But then, when there's so much of it, it, it was like, wow, who is who again? <laughs> why are, And then when the characters Mark will say, oh, I got this character from such a such a character, and then I was like, okay, who is that character again? Now I I was able to check back over the conversations, which really helped. But again, just I think just to try and find information quickly because it's a long game as well, mm. but just to be able to find out the objectives, again, not to reveal how, you know, the answers to solutions or the solution to, to puzzles or anything, but just tell us, okay, what, what we need to do. Or even, as you mentioned, uh, Thomas, with Heaven's Vault, one of the great things about that game is when you quit and you go back, it gives you an update on the story. It tells you, it gives you a synopsis on the story, yeah. which... <laughs> 
Yes, previously on, which is great. And a game I'm playing now of Plague Tale Innocence does something similar, which really helps you then remember, oh, this is where we are. This is what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. And then you go and delve but, back into the game. But I still want to say that all in all, uh, even though uh, there were some frustrations, the game left uh, a very positive yes, uh, impression yes, it was playing it. Also, the again, can't say too much about this, but the ending is also bonkers. It was like, okay, I think it might be a little bit divisive, but I know you liked it, Thomas. You liked the ending, right? Again, without Oh, yeah, spoilers. I liked it, yeah. yeah. Now, again, overall, I really liked the game as well. It was, again, it's a long game. You do get your money's worth. It took me about 19 hours. Now, as I mentioned, I played some of it at least with a walkthrough. So if you don't use a walkthrough at all, I'm sure it will take you longer. And I believe some people, it was taking them like Ooh, 30, wow. 40 hours to play as well. So it's, uh, it, it is an epic game. It's, uh, but again, very, very oh, yeah, enjoyable for the most epic. part. And as we said, you know, story, I, I love the setting. It's very, very unique. And the story overall is very interesting. And it looks beautiful. Again, the, the, the title is very apt for this game. Beautiful Desolation, because there is a lot of desolation, but it is beautiful. And even the in-game graphics, when you see that this is a world that was, so you see like vines, overgrown vines over buildings that once what once were, that stood, and you go back to previous locations that you were at the very beginning of the game, and you see how much it has changed in that time. And that was really, really well done. So it was—it's definitely a, a labor of love and from the two developers. African mythological things in there. That, that yes, just—it's just a cherry on the cake because that's—I love that. Uh, it's a setting that we've—I've never been—I've never yes. played the game in before. So yes, that's what one of one of the things that really appealed to me is that oh, it's an African setting. Now it's a post-apocalyptic African setting. I'm sure it's not like South Africa is now. At least I hope not. <laughs> Um, but it's very, very unique, the setting is. And that was one of the things that really appealed to me about this game. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend it. But again, just be where I think it would have been a better with the, if they had a quest log or objectives list and, um, and some more guidance with some of the puzzles. But I still really enjoyed it for the most part. I'm glad I played it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what the developers uh, do next. So, uh, yeah, that is beautiful desolation. Uh, anything else you'd want, would like to add, Thomas, about the game? No, I think we've said it all. I think we've uh, mm-hmm. we were comprehensive in our review. Or any other questions, no, I Laura? Think, about I mean, the it's game made me want to play it. I mean, I'm just going to have to try and find the time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Yeah, because you're you're yeah. busy as well. You're playing <laughs> always. Um, well, so. Well, I suppose that that is Beautiful Desolation, which is available on GOG and Steam. And you can go back, if you want to find out more about the game, you can go back and listen to my interview with the Brotherhood, which uh, they're really great guys as well. And um, also their game Stasis, which I've heard great things about. I really want to play that game as well. I have it. Uh, I got it. I got it in a bundle with when I bought Beautiful Desolation. I got Stasis with it. So that was one of also one of the reasons why I uh, I wanted to have it because I got to play I got to play them both. 
Mm. Yeah, I believe stasis, it looks, it's also isometric, but I believe it's more contained. It's set on a spaceship, I believe. But again, that wasn't the best adventure game from Adventure Gamers, so it's, uh, I'm sure it's good then. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was a beautiful desolation. So I think that's it again for this week for the games that we've we've played. So, uh, any particular game? So, Laura, you're you're playing a lot of games at yes, the moment, always. right? <laughs> but is any anything in particular that so you're playing? I would, so, I have literally just finished Layer of the Clockwork God, uh, but I will be playing the Procession to Calvary, um, which is by yes. a guy called Joe Richardson, who you might have heard he also made something quite similar called Four Last Things, and it's an adventure game basically that. Uh, animates renaissance paintings um from the real world and it's very sort of monty python-esque uh that got that kind of similar like basically like and you know those kind of python uh animations that you see in, in between little skits that they do it looks very much like that um so i'll be giving that a go which looks pretty fun and i've been uh looking at a little bit of a preview for beyond the steel sky as well Interesting. interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> set in another hooray. dystopian world. <laughs> Don't know why a lot of games oh. are set in a dystopian world now. I can't <laughs> imagine why. But, uh, I, I, but I'm anyway. very curious about all the games and other uh, arts uh, that will be made um, based on what we're yeah. going through right now. So. Bound, yes, definitely. I think one in one of the podcasts, someone said, "Yeah, we're we're bound to have, we're bound to get a, a romantic comedy about a couple that hate each other and have to <laughs> social yeah. isolate yeah. together or something like that." You know, we're bound, it's bound to happen. Oh, I'm sure there'll Look be movies that. about that as well, but uh, <laughs> yeah. and all kinds um, of other uh, pandemic uh, pandemic stuff. Uh, Anything on um, on our patrons, uh, Sersha? Yes, there was a, there was a new update actually. As I mentioned before, I interviewed Mark Darren. I uploaded that interview last week. But if you want to hear more from Mark Darren, he also spoke <laughs> spoke. He spoke. <laughs> I'm inventing work there. now. <laughs> he <laughs> he spoke. <laughs> you know when I when I'm asked to do accents. I can't do it, but just when it comes, you know, without thinking, <laughs> he spoke, rather. He spoke about The Walking Dead further. He gave spoilers about it. That So he spoke about that ending of nice. The Walking Dead, the final season, which obviously I'm not going to reveal here, but he spoke about, you know, different endings that they were thinking of, why they chose that ending, and, you know, talked about characters, why they brought back some characters, not other characters, and just all of that third act stuff also talked about other seasons because he was one of the lead designers on seasons one, two, and four. And he was the writer of what I think is the creepiest episode of the Walking Dead games, which is episode two, season one. Do you guys remember yes, that? Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, that was really creepy when you had that, to creep wrote around that. inside the house. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and then yes. the big reveal oh, yes. that even if you saw yes. it coming, yeah. it was still shocking. Yeah, I played through it again last year, and even then, it was still shocking. And there are still some pretty good jump scares. It's, but it's the funny thing is that he wrote the creepiest episode, and he also wrote 
this great comedy game that's really, really very funny and very different. But there are a lot of uh, horror movies style. that are also very funny. So that's true. And there is both, some humor in both this horror and, as com- well, and which... comedy is 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 about releasing mm. uh, tension. So. That's true. Now, Nick Bounty is not a horror game. It's a pure comedy. I need to get that out there. But yeah, so he spoke about that as well. He spoke about the endings and spoilers for the Walking Dead final season. So if you want to hear that, then you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. There are some other things as well. There is some you know spoiler specials with the developers of Whispers of a Machine, with Agustin Cordes with Scratches and other things as well. There's some exclusive interviews that I did at Adventure X that you can hear as well. And you'll also get early access to these episodes uh, on Patreon as well. So and also be helping us out a lot as well because this is a very independently produced podcast, as in we pay everything ourselves. But it is thanks to our Patreon subscribers that we're able to record this using Squadcast. So this hopefully you can notice the quality, sound quality is better. Uh, hopefully you can notice that. But it also makes it a lot easier to edit the podcast and quicker. So um, so thank you again to the Patreon subscribers. Now, if you weren't able to. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. Again, that's fine. But what people can do, what also really, really helps is writing reviews. We haven't had a review in a while. So you can go to iTunes, Rapper Podcast. You can also go to ratemypodcast.com. There's a link in the show notes if you wanted to rate and review this podcast. Uh, that would also help get the word out about the podcast and help get the word out about these games as well. Uh, it would help us a lot. And also sharing as well, sharing the links to this podcast on Discord, Reddit, Facebook as well, because if it's not me sharing, then it's not spam. <laughs> because if I if I share, then it might be considered spam and I don't want to do it. But if people enjoy it and want other people to listen, and it also really help us as well. So thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast and who's uh, commented to us, who sends us messages of support. It really does help us because, you know, we put a lot of work in and then we wander out. You know, do people listen? And then is anyone listen? Yeah, listening? And we enjoy it. It's like, is anyone out Hello? there? Is anyone listening? <laughs> that could be another game as well. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you to everybody and to our Patreon subscribers and people on Discord. And we've actually passed the 500 wow. followers on Twitter, which I just noticed. Oh, nice. So, so thank you to everyone who's we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and Discord as well. So, um, so yeah, so I think that is it. I am playing a Plague Tale Innocence still. still. <laughs> uh, yes, I've had a lot of still in my, it's a rather short, I mean, short game as well, I believe. It's probably, uh, well, short, maybe not for an adventure game, but it's, uh, I'm currently enjoying it. Again, I'll speak more about it. Hopefully I'll have it finished in time for the next review episode. And uh, then hopefully we can hear with the procession of Calvary. See that because I love I love Monty Python and I've heard about this game in his previous game and I believe Joe Richardson was at Adventure X two years ago. So I'm looking forward to hearing what your thoughts are on that and of course Beyond the Steel Sky. And uh, Thomas, whatever you're playing next as well, uh, if you are playing anything <laughs> next, uh, I've like not got anything lined up yet. Uh, but I will indeed play something. It sounds like he's going to die or something. That you... <laughs> we'll be playing <laughs> well, something next. Well, hopefully not. 
Hopefully well, not, I've, yes. I've, exactly. I've been playing a lot. I mean, I did. I, I finished Disco Elysium. I finished Beautiful Desolation. I, I'm going to play a few true. more rounds of uh, of the complex. So, and also I'll see yes, what happens can... after that. Uh, for, for yeah, yes. maybe not too long, but <laughs> yeah, plenty. Of no, I think you deserve that. that. I can also always go back to an oldie. Uh, yes. So. We'll see. You could you could you could play beneath the steel sky and see. I should really yeah. I mean, I do want game. to. I, I want to replay it before that before Beyond comes out. Oh, we could have a discussion then. I I play I played that last year, and yeah, overall it still holds up. I think. Yeah, a lot of those games still hold up. Yeah. No. Okay, so that is it from us for this week. So we'll be back in two weeks' time, hopefully. Who knows what will happen? We will. Who knows? But uh, bloody hell, there's there's a lot of life going on, a lot of things going on. So we hope that we could bring some that uh, people can enjoy us three idiots talking about adventure games. Uh, we hope we can help yeah. you in some way. So. And, and if you have a subject you want us to talk about, just let us know through yes. Twitter or Discord or Facebook or whatever, you know, if you have, if you come up with a nice, nice thing for us to do, uh, we're yes, not going any anywhere. Topics. So except Laura, she yes, <laughs> occasionally still goes somewhere because she's essential <laughs> and we are definitely not. You're essential. As I was saying before, I never have ever been so happy not to be essential. You're to be essential able to in my eyes. Home. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you're essential to the world. So. <laughs> well, and on that note, okay. uh, so, well, t- take care of yourselves guys. And I hope people listening, take care as well and stay safe. Stay home. Stay safe. We will get through this. Exactly. Play lots of adventure games and listen to podcasts, and in particular this one. It's <laughs> so thank you very much. So until two weeks, then we'll we'll speak to each other again. Bye bye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you